So today is a very big day for me. My new book, Your Baby Doesn't Come With a Book, launches across Australia. It's my guide to the first four weeks of parenthood and covers everything from preparing your home before baby arrives to parental well-being, why your baby may look like an alien when they first arrive, all the way to feeding, settling, swaddling and bathing your baby, plus my coveted burping technique. The book is illustrated, it's colour-coded, which means it's really easy to read and pick up or refer back to whenever you need. Parenting newborns is one of the most exhilarating roller coasters life has to offer, but I want all families to thrive, not just survive, in the first four weeks. It's now available online and in-store at all good booksellers. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Golshevsky, paediatrician and father of three. Welcome to my podcast, Dr. Golly and the Experts. Each episode, I'm joined by a parent who has faced an enormous challenge in raising their child and come out the other side as the expert. Today, we're tackling a topic that's unfortunately often kept in the shadows, postnatal anxiety, postnatal depression, adjustment disorder in men. The most up-to-date data from 2021 suggests that this occurs in one in 10 men, with those numbers at least doubling in the setting of an unsettled baby. My guests today are none other than Michael Brunelli and Martha Kalafatidis, the dynamic maths duo who've proven that love can indeed thrive in the most unexpected places. I'm also honoured to be the couple's paediatrician for their gorgeous baby boy, Lucius. Michael and Martha, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. What an intro. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh, that's great. Now, your relationship started out in the public eye, which is not an easy thing to do. Fast forward to falling pregnant in this uh, environment where every move you make is watched by literally millions and eagerly anticipated by the media. Martha, what, what is, I mean, that process is wild for anyone. What is it like doing it in the public eye? Look, I feel like I had a really rough pregnancy and so... I whatever when I, when I was well enough to share things on social media, it was honestly a positive experience for me. And ever since I've been like fell pregnant and I've had a baby, social media has become so much more of a like positive place for me. I mean, granted, it's really hard because there's so many conflicting opinions with parenting and being pregnant and things like that. But overall, honestly, I found it really positive. It is hard, but if you want to magnify the negative things, you can. I definitely can because I do get some of that. But no, I, I actually enjoyed it. I Like I found it positive and So you find it almost cathartic to put it out there. Yeah, I liked it and I like to hear other opinions because it is my first baby. It was my first time being pregnant. Like I had no idea what I was in for, especially with me because I had high premises. Um, once I did post about it and once I did tell everyone I'm pregnant and this is what I'm struggling with, I had an overwhelming like I had overwhelming messages of everyone being so supportive and other women who had struggled with the exact same thing. Um, don't you agree, Bruiser? Mm. Like we had like thousands of messages. Did you get good advice? So much great advice, especially with my, um, with high premises. I had just so many women just telling me, you know, 
look, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But no, I found social media. Social media has changed for me since having a baby. Mm. I've just got so much positivity, so much support, so much love. I'm obsessed with the community on there now. And Michael, let's talk. You've talked about mental health before. Mm-hmm. Um, in in this wonderful example that you set to others, how you you describe yourself as an open book, as mm. you've said before we started recording now, which I hope encourages other men to do the same, to talk more freely about their feelings. What I want to ask you specifically about is the topic of anxiety, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's a guaranteed when you are, I mean, anxiety is a guaranteed, it's a part of the human condition, but uh, it's, it is a common condition affecting 14% of, of males, 23% of females. But when you add parenting into the mix, especially a difficult pregnancy as you had, Martha, it it can really ramp up. So before we we talk about pregnancy and when Lucius arrived, had you ever sought professional help for anxiety prior? Honestly, I just thought the way that I felt and thought was normal for everyone because I hadn't, before all this social media stuff, I didn't really talk to anyone about it because it's not what men did correct and then i got the platform and realized i can actually express how i'm feeling but i've never seen like never seen anyone professionally for it i've just kind of dealt with it myself i i think it's more just i accepted this is who i am this is how i am and this is i'm just going to get on with it and i've luckily enough got a partner who is the complete opposite in the way that she thinks so it helps me but prior down. to meeting Martha, you had the courage to put yourself out there on national, international TV. Yeah. That's gutsy. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I just had a bad day at work. <laughs> Came home from work, made a 60-second video, and the rest is history. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think I was, it was a decision I needed to make because I was… The thing with being anxious is that you want to avoid it at all costs. So, you'll stay in your comfort zone as mm. much as you can. So, I grew up… In an area, I bought a house in the same area. I played footy in the same area. I got a job in the same area. And I never wanted to move out of that five-kilometer radius. I, you know, I did my traveling here and there for a few weeks at a time, but would always come back to the safety of my area. I know mm. the streets. I know the people. I know the community. <laughs> and then it just got to the point where I just felt like, and that's great for a lot of people. If that's what you want to do, fantastic. But for me, I got to a point where I just thought this is, worse than facing the anxiety of change and doing something different and putting myself out there. And that's kind of what led me into applying for the show and and here we are. And Martha, this topic of anxiety, is this something that just does not affect you? Do you know what? I feel like I've lived my whole life without anxiety whatsoever. I've just haven't I've just programmed that way to not really be anxious. I've grown up the complete opposite to Michael. I've been to 13 different schools. I've lived in different countries. I've lived in different states. I've never lived in the same home for like only our last home. We've been there for over 15 years. But before that, we never spent more than like four years in a house. We always moved because my dad's work. And so I've just, it's made me really resilient But no, I've never really suffered from anxiety or anything like that. When I first met Michael, I just couldn't understand, like, why is he like that? I I just wanted to shake him. But since having a baby, I I don't know if it's anxiety or if it's just stress because you're trying to protect them all the time. But I have, like, the, the... I'm. 
I have anxiety about things that haven't happened yet or they might not ever happen. I just get, I have all these crazy thoughts of like the worst things possible happening, like the most far-fetched, like scary, horrific things happening to me and my family. And I stay up all night thinking about them. <laughs> so that is, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my producer and laughing because this is something I talk about. I reckon I've talked about it half a dozen times. It doesn't actually matter who we're talking to. There is a change that happens in the brain of a mother when a baby is born. And it's growth in, in a part of the brain called the amygdala, which is our emotion center. And you just get this explosion of feelings. It happens to dads to a, a lesser extent. And in fact, the more hands-on you are in parenting, the bigger the change. But it happens to all mums. And you get this big surge of emotion. And it, and it, it turns you into that protective mama bear, mm -hmm. which is what you're describing. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got worry about things that, you know, hitherto... Just you, you never thought about it. That some of them you would say are irrational and absurd, but you you fret about them. Did mm -hmm. this start? Did did any worry creep into your thinking during pregnancy? Not so much during pregnancy, and not even at the very beginning of when, like, not even at the early weeks. The early weeks, I would have like scary thoughts. Like Michael would go out to the gym, and I would be like, "Oh my god, I hope he's not driving in the rain. I hope he's driving safe. What if something happens?" Like I would have thoughts like that where before having the baby, I never would have those thoughts. And did you, during pregnancy, did you worry about Martha, worry about Lucius before he arrived? Yeah. I mean, we ended up in hospital because he didn't kick for 24 hours and we were paranoid about something being wrong and going to get scans. And, and I wanted and that's more driven by you? Oh, I wanted scans every day. Yeah, <laughs> Michael wanted scans every day. I swear, Michael, I'd be like, babe, and he's like, we're going. <laughs> even to this day, even he's still like that now. But Michael is a really hands-on dad. So I feel like a lot of the anxiety that I suffer from, he does as well because he's so hands-on. Mm. We both work from home. So we're both around the baby 24-7. And I feel like, so he, he is more susceptible, obviously, to all the anxieties that a mother would be or like I would be. Um, and boy, does he <laughs> have some anxiety. So there, there is an adjustment that happens. And I use that word specifically because there is a, a concept called adjustment disorder, which is not a mental health condition, but it's when your adjustment to parenting, um, it's the negative feelings and emotions are amplified and it disappears. So an adjustment is just a large emotional response to a stressful trigger. It can be anything. It can be a car accident. It can be death of a friend or whatever it may be. But do you think that's what your anxiety about Lucius was, just an adjustment to becoming a dad, a, an increase in the volume of your existing anxieties? Yeah, definitely, because it's is this being that I'm responsible for, that we're both responsible for, and when he can't protect himself. But did you ever worry that it was something more? In what way? Did you ever worry that you were moving to a disorder, that you were moving to postnatal anxiety or postnatal depression? Well, first of all, I didn't know men could even get to that. I just thought it was something that the mum suffered from. So I know you mentioned it a few weeks ago in our appointment, and that's the first time I've ever really heard it. So no, I never you thought... Never, you never knew dads can have it? No, never. Did you, Martha? No. Look, I know that a lot of the things that women suffer with when it comes to mental health and like the hormone changes, I, I do know, I did do some reading that men also suffer from like some of the same feelings, emotions, and even hormonal changes, I feel like. Do, is that right? Yeah. Do they have some they as can, well? Yeah, yeah. I did know that. But 
I figured that Michael's always been quite anxious and I just figured it would just translate into with the baby, like anything that we do with the baby as well. So but, you, so you're, Martha, you're super relaxed. Yeah, I'm Lucius. chill with him. Yeah. Michael, does that make you more anxious <laughs> or does, do you imbibe that relaxation? I feel like there's a sliding scale here of like <laughs> sometimes her relaxation helps me relax and sometimes it gives me mad anxiety yeah. that, that she know, doesn't worry enough. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Not that I don't, I would never say it, but I think it. But a lot of thinking. <laughs> thing, the thing here is, okay, Michael has never been around little babies. He has ne- his brother only, you know, three years ago had a baby. And uh, you have? And I have been around little babies. Like my family is huge. I have like 30 cousins on each side. Like my mum has four, um, my mum has three sisters and my dad has two brothers, but like they have many kids each of their own. So there's a lot of grandkids. So this is none of this is new for you. No, I've been around babies for so long. They're so resilient. Like it's amazing how resilient they are. It's true. And we've been so lucky in my family. Like all these little babies have grown up to be perfectly strong, healthy, capable adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I feel like I'm more relaxed because I've seen so many like little kids grow up. I know I was also young when, you know, some of them would have been young as well, but I've seen so many of them grow up and I've seen it like it hasn't, it's not that, it's really not that hard. I feel like a baby really doesn't need that much. It just needs like obviously constant care and love and all that stuff, but it just, you know, nappy change, bath, food, you know, some playtime, like, and that's it. It doesn't need like all this crazy kind of stuff that I see online and all these stuff that trends. I just, that's my, that's my motto anyways. That's my. And, and babies drink that in mm. as well. I mean, I've told both of you before. Got a good balance. <laughs> the babies feel what you're feeling. So if you are hyper anxious, the baby is less likely to settle. Oh, yeah, now, he knows. let's talk about Lucius. This is a gorgeous baby who sleeps beautifully overnight. But that doesn't translate to you sleeping, Michael. Yeah, I, uh, I have. Uh, I feel like sleep, there's different levels of sleep, and I'm a surface level sleeper now. But you weren't before. No, but I Michael's was... always been a light sleeper. Not to this. No, Michael's if, if, the type of sleeper. Like if he is dead asleep snoring, I could just whisper like, "Babe." And he'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like that's how he is. And that's been heightened now since yeah. we've yeah, had so, the baby. So now Lucius of right. what's happened to your sleep now? I don't get a good quality sleep. I haven't had a good quality sleep. You're being generous. Tell the truth. <laughs> I don't really, I don't, it's not real sleep that I get, you know, I'm tired a lot of the time. But for me, I, that is a part of what I see as being part of a dad and part of like, being a parent is that you know you got to give up some things in life, and that for Not me, me, I'm getting my, <laughs> I'm getting my REM my sleep. sleep. <laughs> but, but if if Lucius is fast asleep mm-hmm. and healthy and well, mm-hmm. you will still, yeah, stay awake. Yeah, because get up, he might. get out of bed, check on him, mm-hmm. look at the monitor. Yep. You, you told me that you're constantly always checking on him. I have to. Even if before, he so much as makes a sound in his sleep, Michael is over him like a hound on top of him, <laughs> like on top of him. And what are you nervous about? That the worst could happen, bad things could happen, and I won't be awake for them to help out. And you see things, I think social media, for as good as it is, there are a lot of things that make you 
worry and make you even more anxious other people's stories there's so many sad videos on social media and once you watch one you get served with the rest mm-hmm. that's how the algorithm works yeah. so you kind of end up spiraling and worrying more and then you think you go to bed at night you think what if that happened to us i've got to be awake i've got to be ready and that has just pretty much been the common theme for the last six months and six months of barely any sleep it, how mm. is this impacting your work life uh it's well, my business has, I've stopped running my, my true fit business for the moment. So just can't is, concentrate, yeah, focus. I can't get into a routine, tired, kind of living off a lot of coffee at the moment. Oh my God, the amount of coffee he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, as I said, like I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what, how it is. Like she takes a lot of responsibility during the day. I won't sleep and I'll be on <laughs> her up overnight. But you're not napping during the day. No. And do you have, Martha, you touched on before those uh, grave fears that you never thought about before. Mm -hmm. Have you got, Michael, like irrational fears? Do you think that something really unlikely could happen at any moment? A hundred percent, yeah. But that is normal to me. But that is something that I've always had. But not to this Not to this level. It's gotten, definitely gotten worse, but I've always been in my own head. I'm an over, classic overthinker. It's just how I am. So now with him, it's like a hundred times. Do you? It's coming off crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you are though. <laughs> you're, not com- no, you're definitely not coming off crazy. But do you realize that, according to the criteria for paternal postnatal anxiety, you tick every box? Do you know that? I didn't know that because I didn't know it existed for for men. Now that you know it, mm-hmm. what do you think you'll do about it? Just deal with it. <laughs> I, I, but you he, know, the thing is, is Michael thinks it's normal to be this way. So I mean, that's, you've accepted it. So that's, that's you've why said it's your job as a dad. Yeah, yeah, that's why he. How will he ever be able to progress and deal with it and unpack it? Because he, if he thinks it's normal, he thinks what do it's you normal. think he should do? I think he needs to learn how to just chill out a little bit with the baby. Not only that, we live in a house with my parents and my brother. There are three other adults in the house. Like. Just let someone else have some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Get some sleep. Chill out. Like even I've said to him, why don't we just put the baby in my mom's room for one night? Even if we put him in his like little bed in his, no way. Some nights like when the baby was really young, like I would let him, my brother would hang out with him in his room and like we would sleep for t- two hours because Luch was going to wake up for a feed anyways. Mm. Michael would not understand how I could leave the baby to hang out with my brother for two hours while I slept. He just couldn't understand it. He thought that I didn't care about him. He's like, you don't care about the baby. <laughs> well, that, that's stirring. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I was asking before. Does it push you further apart or do you learn from each other's approaches and try to sort of almost meet in the middle? I think it depends on the situation. I think there are times where I probably annoy Martha to yeah. no end and it pushes her away and then I get pushed away by her reaction. But then I think there are other times when it brings us closer together because she understands you just, we we want the same thing. That's the key. There's I'll a, never forget problem. after the first appointment we had, you texted me the next day and said, thanks for the couples counseling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it is. True. It is. And, and, you know, that's the beautiful thing. You both want the same thing. So you're not enemies. Yeah. You just have different approaches to it. Do you think, Martha, like would you, it's very easy to say, just chill out. I know, it's so easy for me because I'm just chilling out all the time. But do you think Michael should, like are you going to push him out the door to go and seek professional help? 
No, look, I never realised it was as – I'd never realised he was checking all the boxes. I thought, yeah, you know, he's probably checking a few, but checking all of them. I I mean, I would love for him to go and, and like, unpack this and deal with it, you know, deal with it and speak to a professional because it is taxing. Like, not just for me and for, ever, like, ever, like, everyone around you, Michael, <laughs> but I think for him, like – I just feel like when's he gonna? He doesn't know how to have fun anymore. He doesn't know how to just you know go out to dinner and have a beer. Go out well, to lunch, you, have a beer. Do you have fun anymore? Um, we not really. Well, we the baby's always around. I'm pretty sure we only had like two nights away from it, two dates on our whole Europe trip. Yeah. Do you enjoy Lucius ever? I do, of yeah. course. When I'm of, with him, of course you enjoy him. <laughs> but is that always um, muddied by worry? Not honestly, during the day when I'm with him or when he's with Martha, I'm okay. You know, he's close by, he's safe. It's when it comes to nighttime or during his nap time, that's when it really rolls in like a tsunami. Lucius hasn't had a nap where Michael hasn't watched him nap yet. But you've been, you've had to travel for work, haven't you? A few times, yeah, but only for once. Well, Luch has been born. Is it once in Sydney? Mm -hmm. And, And a night away from. Martha and Luce? Yep, just once. No, I was pregnant. Yeah, I don't think I've travelled. He's never been oh, away from been the away baby. From him. Not since he was born. <laughs> could you? No. How could he? We, no, we I'd had just be dinner. watching the camera we, all night. <laughs> we, every Monday, like, we've been having dinner at my grandmother's house a lot since my grandfather passed away. We've all been having dinner there, like, every night. So Luch might have his nap there. Michael will not let him nap in the room without somebody watching him. Michael is so – he will go and sit in there. I said to him yesterday, I'm like, it's really antisocial. Can you just let the baby sleep? His room is two feet away from the lounge room. If he so much as, like, sneezes or ruffles a pillow, whatever he does, not that there were any pillows around, um, we'll, we'll hear it. So just let him sleep. It's fine. Um, otherwise, we set up our phones on FaceTime to watch him if he's, you know, but he won't let him have a nap without just like leaving him in the room. Even at home, when when there's like five adults at home, he will not let him just nap in the bed. So if I hooked you up <laughs> with a professional. Because it's true. Mm-hmm. If I hooked, connected you with a professional, would you go and seek help or do you just believe this is my lot in life as a dad. It's a dad's responsibility, old school. I'm just going to never sleep again. I mean, I, I feel like you want me to say I would love to go and seek no, help. I just, but want, you to, I just I, want you to tell the truth. I don't. Right now, I don't think I would. I just think I'm doing what I need to do to play my role overnight. I think this is this goes beyond. This is who I am, as I said, and this is what I see as normal. And this is what, you know, everything, like this too will pass. Everything will pass. This so you time don't want this to go away. You're comfortable in it. I don't necessarily want it to be exactly the way it is. Like I am tired a lot of the time, but I've just accepted that that is it. <laughs> Do you think it will get easier with your, hopefully, next child? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I and, can't and, and answer. No, also, no, like it'll start said, again. It'll, <laughs> it'll restart again. <laughs> but as you said, it, it doesn't go away. So you, um, you're fretting about sleep now, but then what about when he starts walking? Oh, yeah. The whole house is going to be bubble wrap. What about when he <laughs> starts walking and crawling and he puts everything in his mouth and if you drop a peanut or something and you're going to be thinking about I get about anxiety him. when you're feeding him because you feed him too much on the spoon. <laughs> 
and he go and he gags a little bit, <laughs> and that's how I go and get the life back under ready it's to go. So- Honestly, <laughs> the guy is just who he is. And I just feel like I wish that he'd be open to like, you know what? Even if he just dialed it back like five degrees, I would be happy. <laughs> just that little bit of, of Do, dialing it back. Would you be happy? If I dialed it back? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you do want to? A little bit. I probably could a little bit. Do definitely. you think? That- I don't think I could become what Martha is. You know, that's just out of the realm of (laughs) (laughs) my whole entire existence. But I also, I don't want to come, like, by saying that I'm not wanting to go out there and speak to someone right now, I don't want to come across as just shirking the issue and, Mm. like, not respecting what you're putting in front of me. There's absolutely no way anyone would accuse you of shirking the issue because you're talking about it, which is phenomenal. But that's the thing. It's not something... You know, Martha and I have spoken about it on occasion, of course, because we're together all the time, but it's not something I've spoken about it, you know, too much with you or with anyone else. So this is the first time we're really kind of trying to unpack it. So for me, I'm sitting here listening to both of you learning as well and figuring out maybe I'm wrong in what I, the way I was thinking in thinking it was normal. I still do think it is the way I am. But to take that step of then going to seek professional help is maybe in the future mm-hmm. but right now i'm just kind of digesting yeah. this whole conversation and it's a it's a lot to dump on your lap mm. it's a lot in fact there's a really big problem that we have in our society where when this is recognized what do we do and who the person who recognizes it what do they do like if you're at the gp for example martha and someone is talking with you and has suspicions that you might be leaning towards that or, or struggling, what do, what do we do? Mm. Tell you to go call a psychologist. But if you're sleep deprived and maybe don't even think it's correct, are you going to go and then take it upon yourself to call a psychologist and book mm. in? Are you going to get an appointment in the next six months? No, I just feel like it's. it seems like something so simple, but it's a huge step to actually take. Huge step. And And where do you even start? There was a a report in um, 2019 in the American Academy of Pediatrics. So this is a child health journal that talked about the fact that that they believe that it is pediatricians who should be diagnosing postnatal depression and anxiety because obstetricians often don't, you don't have interaction with them anymore at that point. Once the baby comes, then that's it. You don't see That's right. And if you do go to a GP, it's, I mean, it's a little bit different in the States because the pediatricians act as the the general practitioners there, but it should be the pediatricians because we are very good at recognizing it Mm. because we're talking with new mums and Mm. new dads all day. But then the problem becomes, what do we do? Do pediatricians, do, do you see a lot of dads? Not enough. Yeah. Still I certainly don't, mums. not enough do I see what I saw when the two of you walked in the room. Mm. <laughs> we have no filter. <laughs> no, <laughs> Even if know. we don't know you, we're going to tell you <laughs> how it's going. I've got to, I have to put this on the table. I see, I'm seeing this more and more, but still not enough where uh, two new parents walk into my room and with a baby and I start asking questions and dad answers as much as mum. And when I say, can I examine the baby? It's babies coming from dad's arms. And, you know, when it comes to changing a nappy, because I've just, you know, weighed him and he weed all over me and we've got to change a nappy. Mm. It's like the, it, the two of you are just so 50-50 in this. And I love that. It, it's amazing. So 
I am being completely honest when I tell you, Michael, that I love the way you dad. This is not like you're just helping Martha. You've, and which is, which is amazing because we, all three of us, come from cultures where it's very much on mum's lap. Mm-hmm. But you are so hands-on and so involved. Now, there's a side issue where it's causing anxiety mm-hmm. and distress in you, but the way you're approaching parenting isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. You're, you are, and you agree with me, Martha. Please speak up if you, I if you don't. I wholeheartedly agree. You're an amazing He's amazing. <laughs> You're no, amazing. No, he's incredible. He's like one of the best dads. And like not only me, like my mom, my aunties, everyone in my family, they are always singing his praises because – they are just, they always say, you know, if we had a Michael, we would have had like 10 kids. (laughs) Honestly, he does do so much. And my mum always makes fun of me and says, oh, you're so spoiled, you know. But the thing is, is not only does he support me and, you know, support me to be a good mum, he takes so much of the, Mm. the grunt work. And that, and that, I just feel like that's why the baby's so happy, you know, because, Every it, it it is quite a well-oiled machine at home. Like okay, we obviously are having bruises, having problems sleeping, and, <laughs> um, but I think overall he's just so good at it. Like I can't tell you. Like he enjoys cleaning his bottles. Like he likes cleaning the baby's bottles and having them all ready for him. He likes having all his formula ready, everything organized. For me. It's, it's also I don't know him. if you've noticed, but every single time you mention the L word, he smiles. Yeah. Like you can't talk about Lucius without you no. smiling. He is so obsessed with him. I'm Obviously, what he's doing I am now. too. <laughs> <laughs> I what he's doing. He is so obsessed with him. It's he, beautiful. It is. I love it. It is. It's really nice. And um, even I think my mum mentioned something the other day, and she said we were giving. I was giving the baby a bath, and my dad came in. My mum's like, "Your father never came into the bathroom when not one of you kids had <laughs> a bath." But she goes, I think he has a lot of regret, like seeing Michael and what Michael does and how present Michael is in his life. Dad has a lot of regret because he wasn't like that. And now obviously he wants to be like that with his grandson. (laughs) But I think, um, yeah, Bruiser won't have any regrets. So you don't have to have anxiety (laughs) about that. I I think I'm in, uh, and thank you both. That was really nice to hear. I think I'm in a position that, maybe a lot of dads would love to be in. I know like a lot of dads, they have to go to the office. You say being available. Being available, being Mm -hmm. at home. I work from home. I have that opportunity to be around him whenever I want between the nine to five hours. I know there are a lot of men and some of my friends who would kill to have that opportunity, but they've got to go, they've got to go to the office. They've Mm. got to pick up the tools. They're working all day. They leave before the baby wakes up. They come home when the baby's being put down. And I feel for them. I, I I don't know how I would cope. So I'm I'm truly blessed to have to be in the position I am, and I don't take that for granted at all. I've said to my wife many times, um, I would I wish that I could just not have to work. Mm. I wish, like there, are, I can't tell you how many times I have left work, gone home to help with dinner, and I say help because it's I, I feel like I'm not doing fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And I am with the kids as much as possible and then do bedtime stories, shower, everything, put them to bed, and then I'll go back to work. Mm. So I learned that from a pediatrician who was a mentor for me many, many years ago when I was training before kids. Um, And he said that he would sometimes be with his kids and then do all the 
admin work. You know, we have to write letters, mm-hmm, we have to mm-hmm, write scripts. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of admin. You can you can have a clinic and then you've got 10 jobs. But I always try and put my kids first to the jobs later because I can do the jobs from 8 to 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if I do the jobs from 5 to 7, then I get home and, as you said, yeah, it's like two minutes and in their bed. Yeah. So you are, you are lucky, as, as you correctly mm-hmm. say. But there are plenty of people out there who are lucky and still don't do it yeah. with as much love and affection as you do. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I don't know what to say. I mean, I've never heard someone put it like that, but so thank you. You know, it's to be a good dad is, you know, as of when Martha got pregnant in Greece, that was the goal. So it's good to know that I'm on the right path. And I Do you think you that. are? I think, I think I am learning every day, but I think I am giving Lucius what he needs and hopefully giving Martha what she needs. She's an amazing mum as well. And it's something that I want to continue, you know. So then my question to you, Michael, is are you enjoying this as much as you possibly can? I am enjoying it as much as I can with the person that I am <laughs> and the way that I think and the way that I deal with things. I think I am. I enjoy every day with him. The lack of sleep and the poor quality of sleep and the anxiety it is outweighed by his smile in the morning when we get him up. So, so what can we do? It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm trying to move on so that I don't start crying. No. Um, what, at the beginning of this episode, I talked about how wonderful it is that you talk about being an open book and you just talk about your emotions. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, for you, it's not an issue. You're not proud or ashamed. You just talk. And it is so rare, unfortunately, for for men. I'm in awe of what you're able to do. And yet there is this problem that even you had never, someone who's happy to talk about emotions, has previously talked about emotions, you didn't even know that there was any such thing as this condition that I've now told you, you have. (laughs) So what do we do as a society? What do we need to change other than podcasts like this Hmm. with heroes like you, who've got the courage to talk about it, What do we need to do as society so that the next dad knows exactly what the condition is, that it affects mums, it affects dads? And by the way, the numbers are not small. We're talking one in five mums, one in 10 dads, Mm -hmm. and the numbers are probably a hell of a lot higher in reality. What do we need to do to get the message out there? Uh, It's the million dollar question. I mean, social media is a start. You know, we have all have platforms to use. I don't think that reaches enough people. But I mean, I don't know. I, no, I. you know what? It's just like you talk about it. Okay, I get it. And then and then what? But then I feel like even if you were in a room with your mates and you were talking about it and you're like, yeah, this is how I feel. I think I've got this. I just feel like how many people are taking it seriously? Mm. Like even if, you know, you said to one of your mates who has a baby, like, oh, this is how I feel. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like I I feel like that as well. I'm stressed. I haven't slept. I always think something bad's going to happen. I just feel like it ends there. I just think a lot of the times people don't know what to do next. Like they don't know. And I, I think, look, I know you said to Michael, like, I'll send you to someone to help you. I can send you to a see a professional. I feel like that is a massive step. It's a big jump. There has to be something in between that. Yeah. Yeah. Something in between that. 
like maybe if there's a book he can read or if there is a podcast he can listen to on how to cope and how to deal. We're always listening to podcasts, never about how to deal with anxiety <laughs> and postnatal depression. Um, but I think going, leaving your house, going to, to see someone, go, that's a big step to take, I think. I just think, um, yeah, maybe there's something in between that that people can do. And then if that's not enough, then maybe you can go and speak to someone. Look, to be honest, I'm really proud that you said that you wouldn't because I thought you were going to lie and be like, yeah, I'll go see someone because I know that he wouldn't. Only being honest, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy that you were. We love it. So there are definitely resources. And I think you make such an intelligent point because, you, I mean, here's proof in the pudding. There's there's professional help and you've said it's not going to happen. Right. And you're right. It is a step too far for a lot of people. It's also not very accessible for a lot of people. It may be cost prohibitive. It may be the wait list. It may be, I don't know where to start. It mm-hmm. may be, there are barriers everywhere, but there are certainly smaller steps along the way. There are two organizations that I'm, I'm very proudly involved in. One is SMS for Dads. So it's just an SMS back and forward service where you have an opportunity to just text about your feelings. Sometimes getting a bloke to send a text is the hardest part. Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> then, there's, then there's another organization, Panda, and I'm going to put links to all of these in the show notes. And I'm going to give you all these links because, mm. you know, there are videos, there are blogs, there are little bits of information where it might just plant a seed and it might, you know, make you think little bits of help because often with this condition, you, you often don't need to go to that level of mm-hmm. support. Sometimes you do, but most of the time talking about it is the first step and talking about it with friends may be all you need. And for someone who needs a bit more, there are professional organizations out there which are free to access that have psychologists and counselors. And then you're sort of taking smaller steps up that ladder of uh, support and care. And they're for parents, um, mothers and fathers. The SMS for dads is for dads, dads with a special focus on First Nations, but Panda is for both mums and dads. In fact, it's for more. It, like it, it, they cast the net out very wide. Okay. And if you need support, the resources are there. They're available. They're really good. They're not. Um, they don't tell you things that just sound good, but that are completely impossible to implement. Mm-hmm. And they they help you take that first step, and then the next one, the next one. And obviously, there are the small things we need to do, like improve sleep. So we don't have that problem. Lucius is a good sleeper. It's your sleep that we need to work on. Um, But I firmly believe that the first step is having the conversation. And I can't have this conversation without the courage of men like you and the support of women like you to have this, put it out there, tell the world, I'm going through this and I got no idea what I'm doing and I didn't even know about this and I didn't know about that. But you've got the courage to talk about it and that's the key. That's the first step. And then we start to see improvements and we can help and we can help get you to the point where you're not just dadding the best you can, you're you're really loving it and you're Mm. present and you're enjoying and you're not worrying about things that don't matter. Yeah. Well, I hope that, I guess, me opening up here, you know, someone listening to this, whether it's a mum or a dad, that they can take something from it and you know, have a look internally and think, okay, well, this is what I'm going through as well, or this is what I've been through with my last child and I've got another one coming. How can I, you know, make a change for the, for the better? Because I know at some point I'm probably going to burn out. And uh, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you know that. Yeah, I'm aware of it. But you've, you've hit burnout. 
Yeah, you just have a look that. have a look in the mirror, You <laughs> 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 you're right in the midst of her now. Who <laughs> to be honest? I've got a lot more grey hairs now in the last six months than I had before. But um, yeah, I, I do hope you know if if one person can take something from this, it's been valuable uh, for me to open up. Brilliant. Thank you guys so much no, thank for you coming so and for much. talking. Michael Brunelli and Martha Califatidis, maths graduates, social media darlings, and doting parents to the gorgeous Lucius, prompting and fueling difficult conversations without hesitation or fear. I cannot thank you enough, and we hope to see much more of you in the future. To enjoy more parenting stories like this one, please like, follow, subscribe and share Dr. Golly and the Experts wherever you listen. And for any information on my sleep programs or new book, head to drgolly.com. Just before you go, I have a quick favour to ask. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love if you could rate and review the show so that more people can find us and hear the incredible stories of my phenomenal guests. Thank you.